Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Salah Montgomery with you again. If you're looking for the Chinese Sayings Podcast, you're tuned to the right station. I'm back after an eight-day China-Hong Kong trip. As you can see, there's been a slight fall-off in the number of episodes that are usually produced from this long-running family program. You know, the Hollywood writer strike and all. But we're back today with one that is all too familiar with us as we painfully wend our way through this third decade of the 21st century. This time we look at the Chinese saying, Shi Bu Liang Li. All fans of the Three Kingdoms know this one, I'm sure. But before I get right on it, let's look at the four characters of this Cheng Yu. Shi Bu Liang Li. Four syllables, as usual, standard equipment for most Chinese sayings. Shi means power, force, or influence. And like most Chinese characters, it could mean a whole lot else. And Bu means no or not or won't. Liang means the number two when used before Chinese counter words. Or it could also mean both or either when talking about two opposing sides, which is the case in our story today. And lastly, the character Li means to stand. Power, not a couple, stand. Hard to tell, but I smell a war or a battle somewhere contained within those four words. So let's get to the story. In the Zhan Guozi, the strategies of the Warring States, one of the great reservoirs of Chinese sayings, this Cheng Yu first appears. This ancient classic text that gave us so much insight into the Warring States period originally referred to the kingdoms of Qin and Chu, two rivals whose enmity at times gave us the phrase Fan Tian Xia Jiang Guo, Fei Qin Ye Chu, Fei Chu Er Qin, Liang Guo Jiao Zheng, Qi Shi Bu Liang Li, which essentially means when Chu is strong, Qin is weak, and when Qin is strong, Chu is weak. The two cannot coexist. There were seven warring states who battled it out from roughly 476 to 221 BC. And true to those words, the kingdom of Chu was defeated in 223 by Qin, led by their king, Ying Zheng, who went on to found the Qin dynasty in 221 BC and gain immortality as the first emperor of a unified China, Qin Shi Huang. So, Shi Bu Liang Li can refer to the inability of the two great powers of Qin and Chu not being able to coexist. However, this Chinese saying, Shi Bu Liang Li, is perhaps more famously remembered for its inclusion in the records of the Three Kingdoms, the San Guo Zhi. It comes specifically from the chapter Zhou Yu Zhuan, the biography of Zhou Yu, and from this story about the hero Zhou Yu, this Cheng Yu is best remembered. The Records of the Three Kingdoms was the essential source that Ming Dynasty author Luo Guanzhong used to produce his masterwork, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, one of the great Chinese classic novels of all time. Go give a listen to Mr. John Chu's great podcast program, The Three Kingdoms Podcast, if you'd like a chapter-by-chapter chapter introduction to this beloved novel. So let's set it up. On the eve of the epic Battle of Red Cliffs in 208 AD, 
Sun Quan, general and future emperor of Eastern Wu, one of the three kingdoms of that age, found himself having to make a crucial decision. Sun Quan and his Wu army of 30,000 troops were encamped not too far from Red Cliffs, along the Yangtze River in today's Hubei province. He knew that the opposing general Cao Cao of Wei, another of the three kingdoms, was preparing for an attack south of the Yangtze. Cao Cao had, moreover, sent a threatening letter to Sun Quan saying that he had 800,000 troops who could easily destroy Sun Quan's 30,000. And in his letter, Cao Cao promised Sun Quan leniency if he would consider surrendering before engaging in battle. In the wake of Cao Cao's letter to Sun Quan, the third general and future leader of Shu, Liu Bei, also sent an emissary to Sun Quan, and Liu Bei asked Sun Quan to consider joining forces with him to defeat Cao Cao. But Sun Quan knew very well that Liu Bei had even fewer resources than himself. Liu Bei's army numbered only 10,000 soldiers. Considering this offer by Liu Bei to be inconsequential, Sun Quan chose to go it alone and to face off against Cao Cao, and choosing this course, Sun Quan would have to bear the brunt of Cao Cao's forces. Sun Quan called a council of war with his most trusted advisors, and opinions were divided. Some considered accepting Cao Cao's offer of leniency the safest course of action. But one of Sun Quan's most trusted advisors and generals, Zhou Yu, stood up and said, Our enemies are not as strong as you think, nor as you fear are our soldiers so weak. Cao Cao has not managed to fully pacify northern China. He also has undefeated enemies in the Shanxi region that will no doubt come back to plague him one day. What's more, in coming south to attack us... Cao Cao has had to rely on naval forces and not his cavalry. Now, we are soldiers of Wu from the Jiangnan region, and we are experts in river battles and watery terrain. Cao Cao's forces are from the Central Plains region of the north and know almost nothing about fighting on water. Besides, it is winter, and leading a massive force of soldiers from the Central Plains to the Yangtze River means that not only will they be hard-pressed to find fodder for their cavalry, but they will also undoubtedly fall ill in this unfamiliar Yangtze River climate. Any good general would have thought twice about leading his soldiers into battle under such conditions, but Cao Cao wants to do it nonetheless. Zhou Yu sincerely told Sun Quan, If you consider the situation from this perspective... There is really no better time than now to win a decisive victory against Cao Cao. I myself promise that if you give me command of your 30,000 troops and allow me to lead them into battle, I will defeat Cao Cao's Wei army. To this, Sun Quan replied, That old thief Cao Cao has been concerning me for some time with his blatant ambition to get rid of the Han Dynasty emperor and install himself in his place. The only reason he hasn't done this yet is because he fears four people, Yuan Shao, Yuan Shu, Liu Biao, and me. Now, with the other three having been long defeated by Cao Cao, 
That leaves me as the only one left standing in his way. And here, Sun Quan uttered the immortal words of the Cheng Yu featured in this episode. Here he declared to Zhou Yu, Cao Cao and I cannot exist peacefully in this world at the same time, and your advice exactly suits my wishes. It is as if heaven sent you to aid me in my decision. Sun Quan knew as far as his mortal enemy Cao Cao was concerned, it was a case of shi bu liang li. The two of them could not exist side by side. Only one could be left standing in the end. And everyone familiar with the romance of the Three Kingdoms, or who sat through the great John Woo's epic film, they're aware, because of Zhou Yu's recommendation, Sun Quan ultimately decided to join forces with Liu Bei, and together they jointly took on Cao Cao. Because of Zhou Yu's ingenious strategies during the Battle of Red Cliffs, the combined forces of Sun Quan and Liu Bei were able to defeat Cao Cao's mighty Wei army and push them back from the region south of the Yangtze, and in so doing, they diffused this grave threat to their existence. Sure, Bu Liang Li, the two forces cannot simultaneously exist. Things be mutually exclusive all around when two enemies filled with nothing but contempt for each other are fated to live in a single land. Peaceful coexistence is simply out of the question. In circumstances like this, sure, Bu Liang Li can be used. Whenever the bad blood and tortured history behind two irreconcilable foes is too great, that's where the Cheng Yu, Shi Bu Liang Li, can be used. Only one can exist, not both. Our last hundred years on our endangered planet has been plagued with neighboring nations filled with so much animus, antagonism, hatred, and hostility for each other. And because of this, there have been this mutual feeling of sure bu liang li the land wasn't big enough for the both of them and we can't even begin to guess how much suffering there's been among the people due to this irreconcilable malignity sure bu liang li we know from this story from the later han dynasty that this line of thinking that two nations and peoples cannot exist at the same time went back at least to the 3rd century AD as the late Rodney King once so eloquently said, can't we all just get along? Okay, Emma, over in the Chengyu Yanjiu Zhongxin, I'm telling you, she's read the Zhan Guozi six, seven times already and just handpicks these gems among the countless sea of Chinese Chengyu sayings contained in those books. Thanks again, Emma. Okay, one more to go for this season, and then that's going to be it for me for a while. But rest assured, barring the end of civilization on this earth, I'll be back again for a whole new slate of Cheng Yus in Season 9. And until the next time, mes bons amis partout dans le monde, this is Laszlo Montgomery signing off from Heart Attack and Vine in the city of L.A., inviting you to come back again next time for another entertaining episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.